Our reading for today comes from Romans chapter 8. We'll read verses 12 to 27. And I'm just going to tell you, there are so many things in this text that I could preach about. But I had to make some choices. So, um, But I think as you're listening through here, there's going to be some things that pop out and grab you. And maybe you want to share those with me after church. Let's start on verse 12. So then, brothers, we are, not, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Good morning, church. Good morning. That was much better. I'm glad you're warmed up. All right. So we are Mission Liberty Hill Lutheran church and a big part of our identity at this church is that we are a family when i arrived here about two and a half years ago i was handed a vision statement that said we are a welcoming faith-filled family bringing christ to the community and the world that was on paper but Y'all remember two and a half years ago? We were in the middle of a pandemic and we had limited seating. We were distanced. And I don't even just mean that like metaphorically. We were literally distanced. Um, We didn't hang out together. As a church staff, we produced a lot of content. I mean, like there's, there's some Bible study 
videos up. There's Advent, you know, like the church stuff was kind of happening, but it didn't feel much like family at that time. It's different now, which is lovely. I mean, we, uh, I know things aren't exactly how they used to be, and well, nothing ever is exactly how it used to be. But this definitely feels more like family. And, you know, family's messy sometimes. Sometimes we butt heads. Sometimes we hurt feelings, you know. That happens in families. It happens uh, for all the best reasons, really. It happens because wherever you put your heart, it can get kind of messy. But there's, there's nothing better. There's no replacement for having a family to be a part of. These are things that I'm, I'm really learning more um, these last few years. You know, as I, when I was trained to be a pastor, I was trained in, you know, doing this, preaching and Bible study and, you know, and, and I, I used to think that what was important about a church was, you know, the worship experience. And then also maybe like the ministries that you offer, you know, good kids program or whatever. Is, is the preaching biblical? Is it easy to follow? Is the music moving? Those are important things, you know, and I, and, and I want to grow in them and I want to get better at them. Um, but uh, underneath it all, the church is a place to be loved and to give love to other people. If we have fog machines and lasers and a Grammy-winning praise team and a packed auditorium, but have not love, then it's just meaningless noise. <laughs> the, the time I figured this out really was when almost all the churches closed down and, and, and we started offering worship online. And, um, you know, people have gotten really used to that. It's so common, you don't even think about it. You just assume churches do it. Um, and some people have gotten comfortable with the worship at home experience. And on the whole, I think it's actually good, right? Um, I think about people with mobility issues, people with sickness who can't be here. People that, you know, sometimes churches would call shut-ins. And for them to be able to worship along with us, to see it and hear it, and not just read the sermon that gets mailed to them or something like that, that's really great. You know, that's really great. But there's also this other group of people who got just comfortable having church be something that they watch. And um, if that's you, if you're tuning in today as somebody who watches church or listens to church, I want to start by saying this. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you... That you've decided to spend some time hearing God's word and, 
and worshiping along with us and praying along with us. I'm glad for that, but I, I want to tell you something else, that you're missing out on the opportunity to be loved. <laughs> that's, what, that's what church is supposed to be, you know? Because church isn't a show you watch. It's a family. Paul wrote Romans chapter 8, um, which we, we read a, a lot of stuff today, and there's stuff in there that I want to preach about. Actually, some of my favorite verses in the whole Bible are in there, and I'm not preaching about them today. <laughs> Do you know how that kills me, Jim? It's restraint. You're restraining yourself. Yeah. Self-control. It's a, it's, a, it's a gift of the Spirit, right? But I will tell you one of the big themes in there that we are going to talk about today is this idea of being adopted by God. That God is your heavenly Father. And, you know, we're doing a series on, on the Spirit, right? But we still got to talk about the Father, especially on this Father's Day. True story. Um, I was actually going to preach on this text last week before, um, I think it was Artha called to my attention, you're going to do the big Father talk on the week before Father's Day. So we did a little switcheroo. Thank you for the heads up. So yeah, we're going to talk about the Father a little bit today. Um, so who is God the Father of? Everybody, right? Sort of. It's fair to talk about God as the Father of all because He made it all, right? He's the source of it all. So in that sense, he is the father of all. But that's not what Paul's writing about here. When he talks about getting the spirit of sonship, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying God is your father in the same way that, you know, he is the father of birds and pine trees and planets. You know, if I, if I bake a dozen cookies, I guess I can claim to be the father of those cookies, but that's like, it's not very meaningful, right? It certainly doesn't have the depth of meaning that Paul's talking about here. You can even go so far as to say, right, yes, but, but mankind is made in God's image. So that's special, yes. But he's going deeper than that. He says that by the Holy Spirit, you have been adopted into his family and made an heir of his kingdom. It means that he made a choice, a deliberate choice to pick you. Eight billion people on this planet. He picked you. That, mean, that means something. He isn't distant. He isn't disinterested. He's not just a you know, clockmaker who set the universe in motion and walked away. He wanted to be your father. This isn't a new idea that Paul just cooked up for this chapter. Jesus talks in these terms a lot. I don't know if you've noticed, the Old Testament doesn't talk that much about God being Father, but Jesus does all the time. When he taught us to pray, he taught us to say, Our Father. He, he gave us parables like the prodigal son, which is showing the love of the father for the runaway child right? Now, who is the father in that story? It's 
it's God the Father. He even makes some very straightforward comparisons. No metaphor at all here. He just says things like, hey, dads, you know how you like to give good gifts to your kids? And you don't do it perfectly, but you do it okay. I'm paraphrasing. He says, imagine how much more your heavenly father likes to give good gifts to his children. We see these statements comparing the love of the father, our heavenly father, to the love that earthly fathers have for their children. God takes this role seriously. This idea that he's your father, he takes it seriously. He provides for you. He cares for you. He listens to your needs. He celebrates your triumphs. He encourages you when you're struggling. He disciplines you when you're headed into harmful directions or when you're, when you're pursuing a path of self-defeat. Like it, He's patient. He's kind. He's wise. He's strong. He's everything that I want to be for my son. He is that for me and for you. That's the kind of relationship that, that God, the Holy Spirit, is leading you to. You are an adopted child and an heir of God. And so is she. And so is he. This isn't just given to everyone. You can't, you can't just look around at everyone and and, and, and assume it's true. But everyone is welcome. Still, this outpouring of, of love and kindness that we receive from the Heavenly Father, the identity change that comes along with that. You know, when you adopt a child, you welcome them into your family, and usually you'll even put your name on them, right? That's a big deal. Well, the Heavenly Father does that for you, too. He, he brings you into this family. He changes your identity. And, and what comes along with that has some powerful implications in our lives. One of the big points that we made in our, that was made in our reading today is that as a son, you're set free from fear and worry. I don't know what, how you conceptualize your relationship with God, right? But I'm going to tell you, you are not God's employee. You're not here to work to get his blessings. And so you don't have to worry about, like, if you're going to get a good evaluation on your annual review or something. That's not the relationship you have with God. And you certainly aren't a slave compelled to serve God against your will out of fear of punishment. You're set free from all that stuff. You don't have a spirit of slavery. You are a child of God. Which means that when you're at your absolute best, when you're just, just, just crushing it, right? All day, every day. You're loved and you're blessed by God. And on your worst day, when you keep fumbling the ball, when you make a mess of life, 
when you just want to quit. You're loved and blessed by God. When you feel alone, when you feel tired, when you have nothing left to give, you're loved by God. You have a place to belong right here in his family. You know that's one of the reasons that the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? On those days when I don't feel loved, on those days when I feel alone, on those days when I feel worthless, Romans 8, chapter 16, he says this, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit's there to remind you You belong to a family forever. You are loved by a father unconditionally. You're loved, you belong, you have value, you have a future, you have a home. Because God has adopted you as his child. By the blood of Jesus and by the spirit he's put in you, leading you to the father. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you so much for the love that you have poured out into our lives. We thank you that for whatever reason you looked at us and said, yes, I want you and my family. Lord, there are uh, some hopeless people, some lonely people, some desperate people who could use to hear that too. We pray, Lord, that as we grow together as a family, as we learn to to love each other more, to forgive each other more, to encourage each other more. We also pray that we would reach out and bring other people into that family too. That by your Holy Spirit, we would share the message that you love them, that Jesus died for them too. Today on this day, where we celebrate the good Father that you are, Lord, we give you thanks for your many blessings, for the sunshine and rain, for the food on the table, for the clothes on our back, for the roof over our head, for always being with us, for never abandoning us, for always giving us second and third tries, for, yes, even disciplining us when we're out of line, for all those ways in which you have been wise and kind and good, we give you thanks. Happy Father's Day, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.